Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 4, 17-24, called Put On the New Self. There was a bakery up in Oregon. The bakery was approached by two lesbians. They were going to get married, and so they wanted a wedding cake. Well, the owner, husband and wife of the bakery said, you know what, Uh, I'm sorry, but we we really, in, in good conscience, because of our religious beliefs, don't want to make a cake for your wedding. We don't believe that you should be married. And they defended it by saying, we don't want to perpetuate your sin. Uh, they weren't being obnoxious, but they were just saying, look, as the business owners, we have the right to refuse and we're not going to make the cake. Well, this lesbian couple sued these people. They have gotten death threats. And uh, in the last couple of days, they have shut down their bakery because homosexual activists have called their vendors and said, if you do business with these people, we will shut down your business next. And the husband and wife have shut down their bakery business because they would not make a cake for this lesbian couple. Now, this is our world, folks. Now, I have a question. The Christian community rose up in the Chick-fil-A thing, but where was the Christian community in the bakery thing? You know, all the people who were on the side of uh, defending this particular lifestyle, they came out and they shut down these people's bakery. And this happened just a few states up north from us, folks. This is what's happening in our world today. What is at the root of this stuff? A futility of mind. Now, we are also careful, of course, when we talk about these subjects, please go back to Colossians, that we don't want to... Uh, paint one single sin as the awful sin at the exclusion of all other sins. And we're going to see a list of other sins. And uh, we know that the Bible talks about more than one particular type of sin, Ephesians chapter 4. But let me say this. The distinction right now between other sins and homosexuality is this, that the lifestyle is being pushed on the populace as normalized. They are on the offensive right now and anyone who speaks against them right now is being targeted as, uh, as a matter of fact, I read in this article that there is now an investigation by some state agency in Oregon investigating this husband and wife to see if there's a hate crime there and also to consider whether or not the husband and wife need rehabilitation. That means, to translate, how we can get them to think in modern ways and not by this old book that says that homosexuality is unnatural and wrong. That is happening right now. How did we get here? Well, we get here through vain and empty thinking that excludes God. And of course, we know there's a group of people who are caught up in sin who say that God somehow approves of their sin. Well, let me say this to you. Did you just read Romans 1 with me? Now, we could sit here all day long as the church and say, and we were driving down the road and we saw you know, a church with a sign that says, same-sex couples, come here and we'll marry you. And that's Christian churches now, okay? But the question becomes, what is that church's foundation? Is that church's foundation the word of God 
or the blowing cultural moral winds? And of course, we know the answer to that question. They're not building the ministry on the word of God. They're building it on the pressure of the cultural winds, all under the auspices of love. But is that truly love? Is it truly love to say to somebody, I will affirm your ungodly lifestyle that will bring the judgment of God on you and probably other natural consequences because it's unnatural, let's face it. And is that really love? You know, we've had political leaders stand up and say, we should not determine who can love who. But we do do that. We tell people, if you're a certain age, you can't love somebody who's underage. We tell people, there are limits to who you can love. Don't buy the argument, you know, uh, we can't tell people who the... Oh, we do tell people. You can't have more than one wife. And there are, there are people right now that if you say you love two women and you're going to try to marry those two women, the state will come down on you because there's laws against that. We do legislate who you can love or at least how many you can love. But see, this is, this is the arguments we hear in our culture. And frankly, most believers don't even know how to counter these arguments. They hear that and it sounds so nice and so good until you peel back the layer and you say, we don't allow that. We don't say that somebody can marry their cat or their dog or their cow. There are limits to who you can love. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is pretty obvious kind of stuff. But this is the, where the world is moving. It's moving in a darkened understanding because little by little, bit by bit, what have we done? We have pushed God out. We don't want his commandments in the schoolroom. We don't want them in the courtroom. We don't want anything that smacks of religion on, on county or government ground. And all of a sudden, incrementally, we are where we are, folks. And I'm sounding the alarm telling you, we are way down the road. We are way down the road right now. I know it's sobering, but here's where we are. Now, because they're darkened in their understanding, they are excluded from the life of God. The life of God, Zoe, speaks of that which is true life or eternal life. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. See, the issue is they are ignorant to the things of God because their hearts are hard. The word hard is the word for callousness. How do you develop a callous? You know, baseball players who don't wear batting gloves, they develop calluses at the beginning of a season. And they do that so that their fingers will become insensitive to the pain. It's a desensitizing. So if I get a callus on a certain part of my body, it takes time to develop a callus, amen? And then that, when that callus is here, there, if you touch it, it's pretty much desensitized to pain. That's what happens to people. They go on and on in their sin. Their conscience speaks to them, but they suppress their conscience. They don't want to hear it. They turn up the music. The light of God is all over, the fingerprints of God, and they suppress it. They don't want to hear it. They push it away. They don't want to hear it. And all of a sudden, the callus develops more and more and more until they become desensitized to even the voice of their conscience and the Holy Spirit. These are those, Paul says in 1 Timothy 4, whose own conscience is seared with a branding iron. What does that mean? It means it's desensitized. And it has the idea of, the, of a mark. And, and they used to mark cattle in this way. And it could even speak of the mark of the God of this age. 
He has desensitized them. And so here it is. It's the hardness of their heart. The King James says, because of the blindness of their heart. Pharaoh said to Moses, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord. And besides this, I will not let Israel go. Why did Pharaoh fight God? Because he didn't believe in the Lord. Did he come to be a believer? Well, in one sense, he did. Because God showed him who he was. And they, 19, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice, this could refer to a business enterprise, of every kind of impurity with greediness. Now, see the first word callous there? It speaks of becoming apathetic. It speaks to cease to feel pain or grief. The New King James says, who being past feeling. Have you ever watched someone who's done something evil in a court of law and you see them sitting there and you're like, do they even feel anything? They just wiped out a theater of people. And you're wondering, do they feel any guilt or remorse over that? How is it possible that they could have so little thought about the value of human life? Well, they become callous. The word means insensible to pain, apathetic. According to an ancient Greek story, a Spartan youth stole a fox, but then inadvertently came upon the man from whom he had stolen it. To keep his theft from being discovered, the boy stuck the fox inside his clothes uh, and stood without moving a muscle while the frightened fox tore out his vital organs. Even at the cost of his own painful death, he would not own up to his wrong. That's the moral of the story. He sat there. Instead of just saying, I stole it and coming clean, that which he stole became his death. And this is the slippery slope of the world. And so they've given themselves over to sensuality. Look at the second word in verse 19, to impurity. Uh, That speaks of unbridled lust, shamelessness, uh, indulgence, undisciplined obscenity, especially in the area of sexual sin. They override their conscience to do what they want to do. And then the final word is greediness, which is sexually freighted. In other words, it ties to their uh, impurity. They have a greedy desire to have more and more and more and more. Greediness is naturally linked to sensuality or unbridled lust. Life is lived only for that which they can get for themselves, whether money, power, or pleasure. I want, I want, I want... And that's the world in the flesh. And that is the opposite world to the life of the Spirit. The, the Christian says, what do you want? The world says, what I want. You have to understand how diametrically opposed those two things are. See, the, those, are those are on way different sides of the spectrum. And so this is what occurs. And in verse 20, Paul says to the believer, but you did not learn Christ in this way. This could be uh, synonymous with salvation, but it could also speak of the learning process of the Christian. Have you noticed that the more you learn, the more your eyes are open to how foolish you once were? I mean, can, can you think of how far you've come and how many light bulbs have gone on to truth and light since you've become a believer? Do you ever look back and go, was that really me? 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. They have a greedy desire to have more and more and more and more. Greediness is naturally linked to sensuality or unbridled lust. Life is lived only for that which they can get for themselves, whether money, power, or pleasure. I want, I want, I want. And that's the world in the flesh. And that is the opposite world to the life of the Spirit. The the Christian says, what do you want? The world says, what I want. You have to understand how diametrically opposed those two things are. See, those those are on way different sides of the spectrum. And so this is what occurs. And in verse 20, Paul says to the believer, but you did not learn Christ in this way. This could be uh, synonymous with salvation, but it could also speak of the learning process of the Christian. Have you noticed that the more you learn, the more your eyes are open to how foolish you once were? I mean, can, can you think of how far you've come and how many light bulbs have gone on to truth and light since you've become a believer? Do you ever look back and go, was that really me? That was, you know, we like to say it this way, that was the old Michael Lance. And sometimes it rears its ugly head. Chuck Smith likes to tell the story of, you know, it talks about crucifying the old man and keeping him down, but every now and then that hand comes up out of the soil. And you got to, there it is again. You got to push it down. This is the battle that we're all in. Paul says, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as the truth is in Jesus. It's all about Jesus. If you know Jesus, you're not going to be confused about this stuff. The more you get to know Jesus, the more you get to know the truth because he is the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. So the more you get to know Jesus, the more you understand what life is about. He is the head from which this all flows. That in reference to your former manner of life, 
you lay aside or put aside or put off the old self which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. In other words, you need to let it go. Do you remember the scene in the Indiana Jones movie when they were chasing the Holy Grail? And the ground opened up. They were in the that big uh, walled city. Um, and, and so the knight was there and they finally got the Holy Grail. And, and first the gal has the cup and, and the cup drops and she's trying to reach for it and Indiana's trying to save her. Remember this scene? I, I don't know, Josiah. I can reach it. I can reach it. I can reach it. And he goes, no, no, no. And ah! down the pit she went. And then the ground opened up a little more and Indiana had a shot at the Holy Grail. And dad was looking at him and he goes, dad, I can reach it. I can reach it. And you remember the famous line, Indiana, let it go. Let it go. It's going to kill you. Let it go. Grabbed onto dad's hand and off they went. This is what we need to do. But it's a battle. Paul says, the things that I want to do, sometimes I don't do, and the things that I hate, sometimes I find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? They say that that image of the body of death comes from an ancient practice in Tarsus, where Paul was from, where under severe cases when they wanted to execute you of a capital crime, if you had murdered someone, they would take the person you murdered, tie your murder victim onto your back, and allow the decomposition of the body to eventually corrupt you and kill you. How's that sound for punishment? Maybe that's something that we should consider doing. That might keep a lot of crime from happening. And they would tie the dead body to you until you corrupted from the one you killed. And Paul says, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God. See, what we really need to put off is the old dead us. Ooh. Wow. That hurts. <laughs> the old dead us needs to go. We know what it looks like. We've all seen the zombie movies. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best image, but you understand what I'm saying. That's what needs to go. And what happens is a divine exchange. Get this. Here it is. When we put off the old man, the new man is Jesus. So you put off the old dead man, right? Because you were dead in your sins and trespasses. And you put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And by virtue of putting him on, you make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. And the armor of God is God. You let him answer the door. I just was in Bible study. I was just in prayer. No, thank you. Right? That's how it works. That's the image. Put off the old self, put on the new. The old self is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. It's always trying to play tricks to satisfy itself. And that you, 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God, literally according to what God is, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Amen? Father, thank you for the word of God. It is so clear what we must do. Thank you that you've given us the provision and the provision is you. You are our provision. 
And when we put on the Lord Jesus Christ, we are putting on the very presence of God. We are practicing the presence. And you've told us how to do that. And the way we do that is by sowing to the things that are filled with you, like prayer and the word of God and worship. You inhabit the praises of your people, fellowship. And when we do that, Lord, we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you that you're available to us. That's what you want us to do. You say, put me on and I will give you the power and the strength to run this race. I will, get, I will equip you to run with endurance Thank you for these provisions that you've given to us. Just like the manna of old, the provision was there, but they had to go get it. And they had to pick up what you put down and apply it to their own lives. And we have to do that as well. We can't be a passive participant in sanctification, Father. We know that we have a part to play. And it's to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness and to run the race with the power and the blessings that you've given to us. So, With each of us now just thinking of those images, Father, would you minister to us? Thank you that the old man can be crucified. Thank you that when it comes to the sins of the old man, man, they were crucified with Jesus. All that evil, all the times that I had sinned against you in word and deed and thought. Thank you that that was crucified with Christ to the cross. Thank you that you're no longer counting my sins against me. Thank you that one day I will have a new body and the old will be gone and the new will come. Until that time, Lord, let us run effectively. Let us run with your strength and your power. If you're here tonight and you've not met Jesus, keep your heart and head bowed. He wants you to invite him in. And you must believe on him. Change your mind about what you might have thought about truth and God and Say, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for me and rose again from the dead. I trust in you. You must have a moment where you turn from that sin and trust in Jesus. Do it today. If you're a saint here and you've been wrestling with things, you feel like that old man has a stranglehold on your life, you can be set free. You don't have to be oriented in a life of sin any longer. Sin no longer has power as long as you allow the new man to come on. So you're going to grow and you're going to make mistakes, but just ask him to help you to shed those things that may be entangling you and weighing you down. Don't run the race in the deep sea diving suit. Run the race freely. Because if the sun makes you free, you will be free indeed. Father, for those who may be weighted down by worry or burdens, It can be a difficult time looking at our world at times, but we give our anxieties to you because you care for us. We pray that we'll be lights. You've been listening to Put On The New Self, Part 3 on Walk In Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. Don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk In Truth on the Living Truth app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we'd love to connect with you. It's great to meet our listeners, and not everyone can visit the church here in Corona, California, although we recommend you do. But either way, please connect with Walk in Truth on social media. And thanks. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, God has provided spiritual resources for us 
Our job is to put it on. And later in Ephesians, we're going to talk about the armor of God. He supplied it. Our job is to put it on. And that's the same thing when it comes to the new self. Put on the new self. How do you do it, Pastor Michael? It sounds a little bit maybe uh, mystical to you. Well, it's not complicated. You put on the things of the kingdom by taking in the things of the kingdom, by seeking the Lord, by reading his word, by worshiping, and by asking the Lord to fill you afresh, to clothe you with his armor. It is a posture, you could say. It is a uh, discipline, and it's a decision. And when you do it, he'll supply everything you need. You just simply put on what he's already supplied. Well, we're going to be talking about principles of this new life. Okay, so now that you've put on the new self, what does it look like? What is a a new man or a new woman in Christ, a new creation in Christ? How do they live? How do they speak? How do they respond? What's their temperament look like? Principles for life, part one tomorrow on Walk in Truth in Ephesians 4, 25 through 32. Hey, invite a friend to listen Uh, Keep us in prayer. We're so appreciative of our prayer partners, and we'll see you, Lord willing, right here tomorrow. And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God about that. Hey, if you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. You can visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Ephesians 4, 25 through 32, called Principles for Life. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.